from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Start again. Start again. Do it. Do do it properly this time. Thank you, Tom. Welcome to the Wow Report. Uh, I'm Tom Campbell, Chief Creative Officer at World of Wonder. I am uh, your host today because our fearless leader Fenton Billy's on vacation. But fear not, we have an amazing, uh, amazing posse, including the man who's here every week, whether we want him here or not. Club Kintred, best-selling author James St. James. I'm just kidding, James, because I love you. This is how we love in my family. Hello, James. Hello, Tom. Oh, we started off on a great foot. Um, <laughs> let's see how I consult our, our extra special guest this week. Um, he is celebrating his 10th anniversary as a contributor to the WOW Report. He might have a fancier title, but you know him and you love him by the name Trey Spiegel. Hello, Trey. Hello, Tom. It's great to join both of you. I'm sorry I'm missing Fenton. Um, and, and you know, my 10th anniversary, but... How long have you been at the Wow Report, Tom? I've been doing the. I've, I don't really. I've been at World of Wonder for going on seventeen years. I, I was talking about the podcast, but I was also wondering about the podcast has been on for twenty-seven years. <laughs> no, you've been at Wow seventeen years. Yes, and and, and James and James, you've been there. Well, I I've been continuously for fifteen years, but I've I was there for two years before that when I got fired uh, in two thousand five, <laughs> and then I came back again in two thousand seven. So I've been there seventeen years, but continuously for fifteen years. Oh wow! I'm sure it's another story, but did they know when you came back, or did you just show up again? Basically, I just showed up again. That's right. <laughs> well, enough about us. There's big stuff happening in the world. World, and we want to talk about it each week. We count down the top 10 things that make us go, wow. wow, wow. And this week we are starting at number 10. Number 10. My good mood has just changed. <sighs> okay. Uh, Trey, you may know from listening. I, there's two things I watch on television, two channels. I pay $200 a month in cable. There's two channels I watch, QVC and Turner Classic Movie. And Turner Classic Movie fills my soul. QVC keeps me company. Turner Classic Movie fuels my soul. It sends, I'm watching movies. I'm Googling. James and I talk about them. It, it's, it's just such a, like, it's like a graduate program in, in pop culture. And David Zasloff, the guy oh! who's making all, who's taking all the blame and making all the cuts at Warner Brothers Discovery. He's the guy that put Chris Licht at CNN. He's the one that canceled the Batgirl movie. He, you know, I feel bad for him because he's having to sort of resize. Why would you feel bad for this maniac? This maniac who is destroying the entertainment industry. Do not feel sorry. That's what he wants you to do. <laughs> maybe I was, maybe I think he's like an old Betty Davis movie. No, but he has said in the past and I'm not defending him, I'm giving the background. He said as, as recently as April, when there's a Turner Classic movie, they have their um, their annual like uh, get-together festival. And he actually was there with Steven Spielberg. And he was like, I am I'm here because I'm a fan and I'm going to preserve it. Well, his words say one thing, his actions do another. And this week, he gutted, gutted the senior management, which is not large at Turner Classic Movies. And it portends to the end of Turner Classic Movies as we know it, which... I'm told is profitable. The problem with America is 
When something is marginally profitable, no one cares. They want juggernaut growth. They want all these fake statistics to, to, to measure, uh, you know, Wall Street crap. When in fact, Turner Classic Movies is like a little impostor that should continue to be in business. You guys. Now, I noticed about three months ago, TCM gutted their underground night on yes, Friday. Yes, they booted. That was one of the first fires. Yeah, it was one of the first things to go. And I thought then there's problems afoot at Turner Classic Movies. If they, you know, that was a that was a great night that brought in young people to to the you know to, to the right, network. New generation. The thing is, and we have talked about this ad infinitum, ad nauseum on this show about David Zaslov and how I am convinced that John Barron, Chris Licht, David Zaslov, they are all Putin backs here, China back. Something there is something that we don't know because they are trying these Trump, mega Trump, mega rich people are trying to destroy the entertainment industry from the inside out. And Tom, you always disagree with me. And you say what the bottom line here is that it's about money. It's always about the money. And I say, no, there is something else going on. This man is a maniac. He's destroyed HBO. He's destroyed Discovery. He's destroyed the DC universe. He's destroyed um, uh, uh, um, Turner Classic Movies now. I mean, he is on a rampage. And why is nobody reining this man in? Why is nobody saying, what, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Please. Well, they, they, they must be saying it in, in, you know, in the hallway, certainly. Um, he, you know, uh, Licht was not loved at CNN. Um, but he was, at, he was put there by both. Yes, Dombero but he was also got rid of by him as well. And but that was not, only after it was only after there was the huge outcry. If that if the t- Trump town hall meeting hadn't happened, Glick yeah. would still be there. Probably, no, there was yeah. no doubt in my mind about that. I mean, it's but, funny when you look at TCM though, because people who know their CNN history when cable first began, TCM is Turner Classic Movies. Ted Turner, Jane Fonda's ex husband. It goes all the way back to. That and it's had an incredible history of hosts and uh, celebrities coming on. It is beloved in the industry. Yes, People totally beloved. Really- and it is. It is the revival movie house of cable TV. It's how people learn. It's well, Steven Spielberg and Paul Thomas Anderson like had an emergency meeting with Zasloff like yesterday, yeah. um, and they left feeling, according to the things I've read, they left feeling uh, assuaged or, or, or calm that. David's not, and maybe they were for China. Now, James, I have learned over the 9,000 years we've done the show to not question you anymore, just to take it. I, I believe you now, but I do think, you know how the music industry was gutted by digital? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like television is being gutted. It used to be, you make a show, you sell it to a network, then you sell it to a foreign market, then you sell it to syndication. There were all these streams of revenue. And now it's like, they spent billions of dollars making revenue that has no second life, presumably, and it's just falling apart. But right also, now. TCM must cost five dollars to produce. Well, exactly. I own all the movies. <laughs> Listen, there was a huge article that I just read today in Apple News, I think it was, and they were saying that this is the theory that's being floated right now is that because the Flash bombed so horribly and took down with it the entire dc universe that turner classic yes. movie is paying the price for the flash's bomb listen we're but, running out of time but, we have okay. many more things to count down and we will keep uh, sos tcm we will keep uh, on watch we will break into your feed we will do whatever we can to keep it alive 
Um, all right, let's move on to number nine. Number nine. Number nine, I watched a few um, comedy specials over the weekend, and I wanted to talk about them just for a second. Um, I watched the Amy Schumer special on, uh, what was it, Netflix. And Amy Schumer is somebody that I like. I think she's funny, but she's not a funny comedian. Her shows, there's no jokes that she tells. She just sort of rambles a bit. I don't quite understand why she gets the big bucks. I watched the Sarah Silverman on HBO. And Sarah is another one who is funny, but she's just vulgar for vulgar's sake. I don't, I like, I, I walked away from that feeling sort of filthy. But the big one, the one that's takeaway here. The, the takeaway here is Matt Reif. And I don't know if you guys know who Matt Reif is. Of course. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Matt Reif is the hottest thing in comedy right now. He is gorgeous. He's got these big cocksucker lips. He's got these anime <laughs> eyes. He's got fabulous hair. He's got a body, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy down. And he knows it. His whole comedy shtick, he did. He had one in 2020 called OnlyFans. And he calls it OnlyFans, the comedy special, because he knows that, that he'll get gay people to come on to watch the show if it's called OnlyFans. And his whole comedy is, it's hard to be hot. <laughs> because nobody takes you seriously. You know, hot people aren't funny. And it gets a little old, but he's, he's really good when he does audience interaction. Yes, his crowd work. His, his, his crowd, crowd work is Un, unmatched okay and it just google milf with squeaky tits google <laughs> that and you'll know what i'm talking about and shamar moore when shamar moore gets on from ncis or csi or whatever he gets on stage and he's drunk and he's coming on to matt rife and he's suggesting a threesome with his wife and it is jaw dropping when you watch it it is just crazy now i tell you to start watching matt rife right now because he is on he is at the tipping point he is on the cusp. He has a sold-out world tour going on right now, and he's he's about to break huge. He's going to be scooped up. He's going to have a movie. He's going to have a TV show. Any second now, watch for Matt Reif. He's gorgeous. He's funny. He's the entire package. Yes. And do you remember what uh, service you saw him on? Um, you can just go to Freebie, I think, and watch Matt Reif OnlyFans. Is he not in your feed? He is in my Facebook feed yeah, constantly. Yeah, I, I don't know, Tom, what you're doing wrong, because just start following Matt Reif on, on Instagram. He's, in my, he's not in your Facebook feed, Tom? Because Does he, he wear tiny up? little underwear and always shows off his ass on hump no, day? No, no, that, no. That's my feed right now. That's just my feed. <laughs> Tom, I want you just to stop what you're I doing. Will. <laughs> Instagram, Matt Reif, Matt, Matt, and just follow him, Twitter, Instagram everywhere, and you. He will- dated you some will- celebrity. I forget her name. Uh, I think he was. Wasn't he with Zendaya or something? No, it was. Uh, oh oh my god! The most beautiful women in the world. Anyway, you'll see. People tell me they listen to the show because I learn new stuff. I'm so glad I came today because I learned something new. I can't wait. By the way, James, I took your advice during- while you were talking. I, I googled MILF with squeaky tits, and you don't want to know what came up. <laughs> <laughs> That is not a good search mode. That is Matt Reif milf with squeaky. You got to put the Matt Reif in there. Otherwise, you're going to have a problem. How do you spell Reif for for us? uh, R-I-F-E, Matt Reif. And he was he was with Kate Beckinsale. That's it. Oh, there you go. Good for her. Good for her. All right. Well, James, thank you for that scoop, for that little burst of comedy. Um, Trey, you're next at number eight. Number eight. I might have something that you hadn't heard of. This also might be news. Have you heard of seethequeens.com? Oh, 
No, I have because you've been talking about it. What is it? Tell me. It, so, so this New York State real estate agent, uh, Scott Adam, uh, he, during COVID, he was at home and kind of depressed. And I had a conversation with him yesterday and even slightly suicidal. And he decided to go see a drag show. And he said to me, you know, the first people out, um, you know, with the nurses were the drag queens. They had the masks on. They were doing shows. And he said, you know, I I couldn't figure out what was where or who was performing. And so I went online to try to figure it out. And he could, there was no kind of central location, at least in New York City, to find out. And he said on any given night, there are as many drag shows as there are more than there are Broadway shows. Um, so he created seethequeens.com. He said, based on kind of RuPaul's Drag Race meet the Queens, because he was like, well, I met the Queens. Now I want to see the Queens. How do I see the Queens? So it's in beta right now if you go to it. And it breaks it down by your neighborhood, by the kind of comedy show, a drag show. They have drag kings. Is it, ju- is it just New York or is it, it everywhere? Right now it's just New York City. And um, okay. I, I, he messaged me yesterday and I caught him at the airport. He was stranded in Dallas-Fort Worth. Um, so we had a short conversation and I didn't get a chance to ask him. But my feeling is once people see this, it's going to have legs and it will be everywhere. Yeah, it, um, it sounds and- like a no-brainer. It sounds like every city in the, in the, in the world needs in the world. to be their queen. Yeah, and definitely. also, and if you go traveling, you're going to want to know who's playing in what the city you go to. Well, this is the thing, too, because you think like, oh, well, small towns could use that. And you think, no, really, the small towns, you're going to know where the bar is. It's the big towns that you don't know where they are because there's so much going on. Um, so... It's in beta right now, but I can't imagine that this isn't going to just get more funding. I yeah. hate that this crossed my mind, but I'm going to share it. But what? I hope the Proud Boys don't subscribe to this app. What? You know what I mean? Like the, the, oh, the, so, the so, like right wingers oh. will know where to go to start. I mean, it's in New York City, so good luck with I that. I know, I know. <laughs> I only brought it up because I know pr- no Proud Boys listen to Radio Andy, so we're okay. Oh, oh okay, yeah. Oh, no. You're, you're on their top 10 list. But oh, speaking of New York City drag shows, um, our old pal Lady Bunny is doing one last performance of her show, which is called Don't Bring the Kids. Um, and it's at the Green Room 42 on June 26th. And uh, you can see more about it on the WOW Report, uh, along with a short clip of her new song parody, Groomer Has It. <laughs> she's <laughs> she's <laughs> leaning into the conservative. <laughs> she never fails to, her shows are amazing. She's so unapologetic, so rude, so cutting. <laughs> but I do love her, the, the titles of her shows. And then that and rumor has it, come on. Rumor has it, that is the funniest <laughs> thing I've heard in years. <laughs> rumor has it. <laughs> I know the tune. Yeah. Trey, tell us a little bit about Nora Barnes' uh, recent The Village. Oh, The Village. That um, I, I, Have you heard of this, you guys? It's called The yeah. Village of Disco Daydream. Um, Nora Barnes from Unitard, um, an old friend of uh, World of Wonder. She did this. She wrote the show, which is kind of loosely based on um, Our Town. Um, and they performed it in January, February. And then it was such a hit, Dixon Place brought it back. So they had this sort of reopening 
of it. And uh, I posted a bit about it on the Wow Report, but sort of everybody showed up that opening night. Mark Jacobs came into the lobby and I was like, oh, you're here again, because he saw it the first time and he was sort of shocked, like, yeah, I'm back. Um, Joey Arias came. Uh, Stella. Diane Brill. No, Diane Brill. But oh, I saw Diane Brill there. She was there. Uh, well, she didn't come the night that I was there. She okay. probably she probably did come as well. Love Connie hosted the night. <laughs> um, but you know who showed up was Carmen D'Alessio, the original PR agent ah. for Studio Fifty Four. I and- wait, wait, hold on. Stop everything. Stop everything. Trade. You have contact information. I want to get around the podcast. Is there a way to contact her? Do you know? Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure. I, I think so because. Um, Nora, I think Nora sent the post that I did to Carmen. So I think we can get you to her. I, at one point, we were all eating pizza served to us by Nora after the show. And Carmen was sitting close to me. And I leaned over and said, does that get the disco seal of approval? And she said, absolutely. I loved it. <laughs> I was like, there's the sound bite. <laughs> you know when sitcoms jump the shark? You know that thing where they go over the top and they Are can't come back? Are you saying that we just jumped the shark right there with this conversation? I'm saying Tom when is, you... Tom is on fire today. When you decided to use this show as just a means to book your other show, that's when you jumped the shark, James St. James. You're like, wait a minute. Hold everything. You I are out of control. You are the David Zaslav of World of Wonder. Can I just say that you are the David Zaslav of World of Wonder? You are. You are out. You're a maniac. You're an evil, evil I'm maniac. destroying the Wow Report from inside oh, out. I never wow. see this much vitriol. Is it my presence? It's the. Uh-huh, is it Fenton's uh-huh. lack of being it's, here? Because Fenton isn't here to keep the guardrails. He on. usually so, keeps uh, it the lid Wake on. Wake will edit this all out, and we'll have a very. He'll just take syllables and turn it into a whole other conversation. Uh-huh. Absolutely, that's, that's what's great. Okay. Um, I think Blake edits this show. <laughs> we're ma- not making it easy for him. I don't know what you where you are. <laughs> well, he says he's busy all day editing, so I don't know what he's been doing. <laughs> editing. <laughs> well, uh, this is great. We are in the midst of counting down the top 10 things that make us go wow. We can take a little break. Um, anything you want to plug, Blake? Anything we need to tell people about? Yes. This week was the first episode of Drag Race Mexico. You can watch it on Wow Presents Plus, excluding okay. Mexico, wherever you watch it on Paramount Plus. And then this Sunday will be the season premiere of Drag Race España. So we are, we have plenty of Spanish speaking drag queen content for you. I'm they loving it. You guys know Wait, I have- are you are you in your new penthouse apartment? Where what is going on? Where are you? I am. I am. Isn't it lovely? It is. Where are you? Seriously, where are you living now? I'm down the street from my house after, you know, someone drove through my house. And so, yeah. It was Pete Davison is who it was. (laughs) It was Zaslav. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so so this is a house that you're living in or is it because you were in a hotel for a while? Yeah, I was in a hotel. But then when they started construction, my roommate needed to get out of his room too. So we're in a rental house for a few months. It looks cute. It looks adorable. Yeah, it's more space. So that's good. All right. So we will continue counting down the top 10 things that make us wow. Right after this, you listen to the Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. 
Hello, we are back. This is The Wow Report with Tom Campbell, James St. James, and Trey Spiegel, our extra special guest, uh, uh, celebrating his 10th anniversary as a contributor to The Wow Report, but he has, you know, so many things. Now, Trey, you are in upstate New York now, but you also have a home in Mexico, right? I do. Blake was just saying, just talking about Drag Race Mexico. One of the queens on the show I noted is from Cancun, which is in the Yucatan, which is where yes. my house is. Um, so I was very excited to watch the Meet the Queens and to see all of the Spanish speaking. I've been, of course, studying Spanish um, for a couple of years and, you know, my, it's very bad. But um, I, there's something really different about uh, Latin American drag race queens. And I don't quite know what it is yet, but I'm telling you, they really, the looks are are going for something very related to Mexico. Like, you know, Drag Race Belgium, I don't know if there's a look for that. It, there's certainly the queens are very specific to that part of the country, but... Well, uh, the thing I, that we've learned with, with, with all the different Drag Race variations is that every single area, every single place has its own very specific kind of drag, its own specific hu- drag humor. And, and looks. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's fascinating to see just around the world how everyone takes their own version of it. And, and I, but I think there's kind of a Latin queerness that yeah, kind of I, I think so definitely, oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. I, it's hard to keep up with all of the foreign uh, uh, versions just to watch them all, but I'm very interested to watch Mexico. And I think, Trey, in a year from now, you're going to say, I learned how to speak Spanish fluently by watching RuPaul's Drag Race Mexico. <laughs> I'm going to be watching it, putting the translation. I'm going <laughs> to listen to it in Spanish and watch it and, you know. Of course, pussy on fire will be the major thing he learns in Spanish. All right. <laughs> um, we are counting down the top 10 things that made us go, wow. We're going to continue now with number seven. Number seven. I don't know, Trey, if you're watching, James and I are kind of hate watching, but um, The Idol on HBO, a limited series, and it may be more limited than we think. Um, I, I'm fascinated by it because, A, it's just Sunday. I've, I've left, you know, I still have my HBO Sunday vibe. And so I'm kind of, you know, at home and I click it on and I watch it. And I got to say, Lily Rose Depp is beautiful and fascinating. And the weekend is despicable. And the people are, no one's likable. And they're all, and this week they were having sex in the back of a, like a suicide door, 62 Lincoln uh, convertible and having sex at Valentino. And it ended with like uh, a hairbrush that the mother mother used to beat. It was revealed that this pop star, this, this nouveau Britney Spears was beaten by her mother with a with a brush. And on some level, she kind of misses it. And The weekend, who's kind of like a Charles Manson-y kind of figure, um, ends up not getting rid of the brush, but using it to bring her pain. And people freak out about this. And I get that it's, it's unsavory, and maybe you don't want to watch it because it's savory. But I believe that this kind of crap happens. Everyone says, oh, this dials one back to the 90s. It's like, I think this kind of Svengali uh, 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 pop star lost and listens to the person who's the most charismatic. I think it's kind of real. It's, it's yeah, no, I, there's no doubt about it that that this is a, a Hollywood story that is is now and it and it does happen. And I do have a feeling that you know we know that the weekend wrote it and produced it and stars in it. And we are learning more about 
the weekends what the weekend is really like. I think he's exposing more of himself than he probably should have. I believe you hear the stories of his narcissistic behavior, his tantrums on the set, and it really feels like like that this is the weekend, and it's just I I I find him repulsive, frankly. And the problem with the show to me is that. I'm not invested enough in the Lily Rose Depp character. I don't find the character likable enough. I don't think um, I, I, there's nobody there's nobody to root for in this show. I, nobody has any rooting value to me. You know, I you know like what Jane I root Adams, for? I think, you know what I root for? Lily's underboob. <laughs> so much underboob. Am I right? I don't need to see your underboob. <laughs> I just wanted to, you know. So. But I do think that Jane Adams. I I love watching Jane Adams. Troy Sivan is going to walk away from this. He's going to be fine. There's the um the 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 Devine Joy Randolph who plays the the big the big girl. I love her yes. so much. Yeah, she. You know, I think some people are going to walk away from this being fine. Other people, it's going to take them down. I don't think the weekend has a has a career after this. I really think this is going to destroy him. Um, but I, I don't I, I don't hate Troy Savan for being in this. You know, I, I'm right. he's, he's fine. Harry Neff, I think, is going to walk away fine. Yeah. Hank Azaria, I don't know. I think Hank Azaria just has a, has something in his contract. I get to do goofy accents because what the hell is he doing? What the hell is that? It's so it's just it the best right moment out of the story. The best moment is. The, the assistant who's her friend calls the manager of uh, what's his face uh the one you just said um hank azaria thank you and she calls them because she goes they're going crazy oh no you got to do something help and so they end up meeting at the house they go in they meet with the weekend and her and they play like hey we love you weekend they're like so fun. oh you're so great and and you know your album's great and they they butter up and they even walk by the assistant and they say he's great we love him and then they get in the car and they're kind of like, we need to kill this guy. He's trouble. And it's yeah. like, that's so management. I'm sorry. I used to work in management. And it's so, people, I was reading on, because I read afterwards on the blogs and the kids are like, it doesn't make any sense. They wouldn't let the assistant into it. It's like, yeah, they want, they, they don't want the assistant to go back and be negative in front of Lily because they have to keep that relationship they have to keep that client happy so they're doing things separately and there is a line in the this week on which I will be watching that says what if we just take this guy out and maybe it's a joke line or maybe it's not the idol on HBO Sundays all night long if you if you you know plays and plays and plays um I'm gonna keep watching I'll see if James does Trey, Trey did you ever watch any of this I, I, I didn't, I posted on the wow report about, um, my headline was, um, the stinky reviews from critics for Max's the idol are in, but do audiences love it? Because everyone, all the critics were like saying, you know, the music's not even good. It's more regressive than transgressive exploitation sleazy. Here's, Here's the best meme. There, you know that uh, Saturday Night Live sketch. Then we'll move on. Where they're like the Lennon sisters, like I'm Barbara. Oh my yeah, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I'm Sally. I'm Judy. <laughs> they, have, they put in front of like I'm Barbara. It says Succession. I'm Judy. It says The Last of Us. I'm La La. And it says uh, White Lotus. And they're like I'm Judy. <laughs> so that was. I, I, I thank you for letting me recreate on the radio a uh, a meme. Um, um, the idol, love it, hate it. Uh, tell us what you think about it. Uh, we are moving on our countdown to number six, James. 
Number six. Screw Padam Padam. I want to talk about the real songs of the summer. I'm just going to say it. It's the pharmaceutical drug commercials that you see every time you turn on television. I'm going to sing a few of them right now, and you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Oh, 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 Ozambic, you know. Okay. That's number okay, I have one. To, I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> number two is Down with Rebelsis. Wait, did he really leave? No, I got water. Oh, down with Rebelsis. And then the other one is Birds Flying High. You know how I feel. Breeze drifted on by. You know how I feel. That's the trilogy. And then, um, uh, let me see. There's another Not one. Rizzy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing is everything. <laughs> and they <laughs> have it in like. They have like disco version, country version, <laughs> like just depending on where in the country you are. Are you going to have to pay royalties on this now? Because you're no, 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 no. we're just going to play these commercials. We're just going to play these commercials between this. But listen, the, the the song of the summer, the number one, the most important one of all is the Jardians. And I'm just I'm, I'm just going to sing a little bit of this. Uh, I have type 2 diabetes, but I manage it well. A little pill with a big story to tell. I take once daily Jardians, and each day stars. As time went on, it was easy to see. I'm lowering my A1C. Now, when I tell you that this woman sings, she dances, she changes <laughs> outfits, she gets her hair done. There's a bit, there's a postman who comes by and starts singing with her. She is the Judy Garland of our era. She is Ann Miller. She is bleeding for the. She is giving it her all. I fuck Wicked. I want to see a, a, a Broadway to movie version of this Jardians commercial because I every time I watch it, my jaw drops at how this woman is such a star. I'm banging right now. Do you know? Do you know? You know the commercial I'm talking about, right? I, I, I missed it. it. I, I avoid commercials. I do, James. I saw it, and I'm with you. There's only one thing. It's not a pharmaceutical, but there's a Latin flavored song that plays during Kelly and Mark. That's about California cheese. I'll, I'll, I'll have to send you a link. So it yeah, really... through Padam Padam is the California cheese commercial that is <laughs> rising en, up the charts. And Espanol, and Espanol. Well, James, what's do you know the woman's name? Who's the Judy Garland? No, but she, but she's going to be the biggest. She, she and Matt Reif are the big stars of 2024. As far she's as the I'm new concerned. Melissa McCarthy. I hope she's making a lot of money and buying a house for her parents or something. Well, I, I have seen um, some people like I think David Ilku was online saying, I know what I got for my com- little commercial 10 years ago. Or whatever. This woman is raking in the money. It is on 10 times an hour on every right. single show. She's she's not flow from progressive rich, but she might be someday. <laughs> All right. Let's uh she's move on there. our countdown to number five, Trey. Number five. Do you you know the Trevor Project, right? Yes. You've heard of the Trevor Project. So that was originally a one-man uh one-person show by my friend Celeste Lacine. Um, it was on Broadway and then it was made into a documentary. When wait, wait, wait. wait. Are, the Trevor Project, like the no, it was called Trevor. The show was called oh. Trevor. Oh, and... I thought you were talking about the Trevor Project. Keep well, going. I am. I'm getting. I'm getting to that. I'm leading okay, into the okay. Trevor Project. So Top the five, Trevor. Five. So the the 
Trevor was a, a one-person show. It was on Broadway. And then there was a film made of it. And it won an Oscar. And when they were showing it on HBO, they wanted to put an 800 number. Actually, uh, Ellen came on to announce this. And they thought, well, we need to have an 800 number so people can find out more about this. Because in Trevor, Trevor tries to kill himself in this, in this little short uh, film. So that's how the Trevor Project was born and became this sort of big organization. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, Peggy Rasky started it with Celeste Lacine. And Celeste Lacine is now heading up this new thing called the Future Perfect Project. And um, I will read what the Future Perfect Project is. It's the self-expression of LGBTQIA plus youth is a declaration of a better future for us all. We produce and facilitate creative workshops, media projects, and performance opportunities opportunities for LGBTQIA plus youth and allies ages 13 to 22. They have their own uh, album on Spotify. They created an animated series. It's all across the country. You can go to the future per, uh, futureperfectproject.com and you can find out like more about it. But it's it's an incredible opportunity because once again, it's for youth. And instead of about um, a, a dire situation of, of suicidal thoughts, it's catering to creative uh, queer youth and encouraging all sorts of other people to get involved um, by doing workshops, by helping them with animation. Um, and, and I'm, um, I'm actually seeing Celeste uh, this weekend because uh, her play, uh, The Absolute Brightness of Leonard Pelkey, is at the Forestburg Playhouse. Um, and that is a story, once again, about LGBT youth. Um, and it is, uh, one person plays every character as they unravel the story of Leonard Pelkey, a tenacious, optimistic 14-year-old boy who goes missing, a force of nature whose magic is once is only truly felt once he is gone. Huh. Um, and the sort of whole town gets involved in this. So this is, uh, uh, Celeste isn't doing the uh, play. Uh, another actor is doing it, but they're coming up and doing a Q&A afterwards. Um, so I was inspired. To, I've written about this before on The Wow Report, and you can see today on The Wow Report more about it and click on the links to find out about it. So one more time, the name of the organization is? The Future Perfect Project.com. And the name of the one person play is? It's called The Absolute Brightness of Leonard Pelkey. And it's at the Forestburg Playhouse, um, which you can Google search, in, which is in the Catskill Mountains in upstate New York. That's awesome. Nice. Okay. Hey, thank God. We, we just talk about, you know, cannibalism usually and, you know, just dumb stuff. You're <laughs> thank you. Thank you. This, this, um, it's a great organization. I love the Trevor Project, and um, I'm going to get involved with the Future Project yeah. too, to nice. do some art stuff. The with Trevor that. Project is a gold is a gold standard for uh, for, for charities. Um, really okay, I see Blake. That means we have to, we have to go to a break. Um, anything you want to say, Blake? Uh, there is something I want to say. I want people to go to Barnes and Noble at the Grove next Tuesday for a special conversation with Bianca Del Rio and our fearless leader, Fenton Bailey, about his book, Screen Age, available everywhere. It's Tuesday, June 27th at 7 p.m. 
Now, James and I have talked about the book with Fenton for like, I don't know, a year and a half or something. So please, you go. You go to Barnes & Noble. You see Bianca Del Rio have to talk to Fenton about his book. It's actually fascinating. Fenton was just in Provincetown uh, and Carson Kressley uh, questioned him and John Waters in the office. It looked like a, a ball. So it, they're, they're becoming real happening. So so definitely go down and see uh, see Fenton at the Barnes & Noble. Little I, bonus, they also have House of Love cocktails and mocktails there. So. There you go. This, this, this is the the um the Grove in Los Angeles, just so everyone yes. knows. Yeah. And if someone, ta- I hope someone tapes that because that's going to be a fun conversation. I mean, Bianca and Fenton. I mean, that'll be that'll be great. Well, well Jake wasn't editing the Wow Report the whole time. He could go down and, and film it, but he's you know editing, editing, editing. Busy, busy, busy. Um, okay, uh, we're gonna take a little break. When we come back, we will continue counting down the top ten things that made us go wow this week on the Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report: Things That Make Us Go Wow. We're back. It's the Wow Report. I'm Tom Campbell here with James King James and our extra special guest star, Trey Spiegel. Hey, Trey. Hello. Um, Fenton is on vacation. He'll be back, fear not. Um, we'll, uh, we count down the top 10 things that make us go wow. And the uh, countdown continues with number four. Number four. Guys, I don't think you even know this. This is like breaking news for Friday when this will air. And it's not good news. And I don't want to be self-absorbed, but... I don't know if you guys saw, we were in the, we're in the middle of the second season of Queen of the Universe on Paramount+. Plus. We did a first season. It's, uh, you know, this first season was well-received. The second season has been amazing. I'm watching. Um, and this, have, is the, this is the one with Trixie and Michelle and... Um, and, and Mel, Vanessa Williams, Mel B, Trixie Mattel, and, and uh, Michelle Massage are a pop diva panel. Graham Norton is the host. And it's the first all-singing, all-drag competition that's truly out of this world. Queen of the Universe. Incredible. And yeah. it has we, the the themes have been incredible. It's been heart heartbreaking. Uh, it's one of the first times we've seen drag from all over the world in one place, and what they all deal with. It's so inspiring. The production values are so great. The songs are so amazing. Um, and if you want to see it, you need to hurry because they decided mid season to uh, drop all the episodes, um, including the winning episode, which is okay because you know it'll be there. But I believe uh, through uh, the world we live in and the finances that exist, that it won't be on the service for very long. So if what? you want to see the universe on Paramount is this Plus... Because, did David Zaslav do this? In, in, a, in a sense, yes. Um, the good news for people outside the United States around the world, which is a lot of people, is a, a Queen of the Universe will live on WoW Presents Plus. Great. Now... Right. And I'll just say, you know, I, I'm trying to be, I'm, you know, I love the people we work with. I don't think anyone wanted this to happen on a personal level. It's heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Such I don't a great know. show. I mean, the production values, when you see these numbers and the production values and the talent of these queens and, I mean, this top level judge, I mean, it's completely American Idol level, you know, performance, judging, audience. Well, but Tom, do you have a conspiracy theory as to why is it is it a drag backlash thing that is affecting TV shows about drag queens, or is that simplifying it? I don't know for sure. You know, um, Drag Race does really well on MTV. All Stars has done really well on Paramount Plus. But you know, the metrics for what needs to stay. You know, sometimes all these all these places, like I said before, they've all overspent. 
that was the model and up until a couple of years ago. Just spend, 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 show growth, show growth. They were treated like a tech company versus an entertainment company. And now the day of reckoning with David Zaslav and everyone's having to deal with is, oh my God, we overspent. We're not making a profit. We're not meeting quarterly, you know, stock, blah, blah, blah. So they have to find ways to save. So I, I, I am assuming that by taking the show off the air, they can take it as a write-off somehow. And that that's more important than the number of people who are watching. Well, that's like the Batgirl thing where they had a hundred. It was a hundred million dollar write-off. Yeah. Right. And this is the scary thing to me. And I've said this for a long time, you know, the algorithm is homophobic and that's overstating it. But you look at drag race, which is this international phenomenon, right? That's, it's changed the world in many ways. It's just, it's just, it's brought the art of drag to the mainstream and brought a lot of understanding and entertainment and, and, and relatability to queer people and also people who aren't queer. And that show, I always say to this day, is like a tree that grew through a crack in the sidewalk. It shouldn't have been made. If Drag Race premiered today, it probably wouldn't get huge ratings in its first season. You know, but there used to be little networks that had little hits and they grew and there were there were places for them to, you know, grow and nurture and, and et cetera. So that is kind of the problem. We talked last week how everything might crush down to like three or four big streamers, in which case everything has to be a massive hit. Where, you know, usually when things get really uh, centralized or whatever, then there's ways that independent voices get to be heard, but it's harder than ever. So, anyway, I just want to say, you know, thank you, Paramount Plus, for giving us the opportunity to produce two seasons of Queen of the Universe. I'm glad it exists in the world. Um, it's content that won't go away, and it will be uh, watching Paramount Plus this weekend. Uh, I think it goes away at the end of the month, and uh, and then look for it if you're w- listening to us from anywhere other than the United States. It will be on uh, World of Wonder, uh, Wow Pre- Proud Presents Plus, our streaming service. I should know the name of it. Um, so that's the uh, that's the Queen of the Universe news. Let's move on. Let's perk things up with number three. Number three. Well, no, not perk things up. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Titan tragedy that happened this this week that um, just sort of everyone was everyone in the world has been glued to their television. There have been a lot of takes on it that um, online on Twitter that are not very kind to the billionaires who have gone down. And I and I don't really need to get into any of that. But I do just want to say that, you know, um, the big takeaway has been the fact that it was sort of MacGyvered together in a way that probably made uh, uh, something like this inevitable. Um, very quickly, there, um, there's the PlayStation joystick was, was the way that it was navigated. You know, There was no GPS system on board. There was no navigation system. It was guided by text messages from uh, the surface. There was a limited air supply, no inflatable flotation device to help get it to the surface. If it was, there was no way to get out. If it got to the surface, surface that was, you know, opened from the outside in. in. Yeah. You, you were screwed in. There was no way to get fresh air if they got to the surface and not to mention that if you're rising to the surface that fast, you're going to get the bends. There's no way to get them from, from 12,000 feet to the surface without getting into a hyperbaric chamber or something like that. I mean, you would, you would probably die going up that fast. Um, So, you know, Joy Behar think, got into a lot of trouble. I think they said. I think they said today, James, that um, or yesterday, a, that they found a debris field. They found a debris field. Yeah, which is probably in pro- You know, it probably collapsed 
at that at that depth. And pr they said that even if the you know that they they would be in darkness, it would have been sub zero temperatures. It probably would have been spinning. They would have been tumbled around inside. It, it's really gruesome. Joy Behar got into a lot of trouble on the View because she said, and I quote, um, "You know, it's interesting because the Titanic itself." went down because of human incompetence, stupidity, and hubris. And it's sort of the same thing is happening here. The irony is um, that we're seeing the same thing happen to the Titanic with, you know, billionaires, rich people going on, you know, rich people folly is basically what both the Titanic and the Titan is. And she got in trouble for it. And I'm not saying that she's right or wrong, but there is something to be said for the fact that it just. I think it's a weird, I mean, I get why people are fascinated by weird things. I do think people, you know, there was a thing on the NPR about people who climb, you know, Mount Everest, or there, there are people who, who rescue people, and sometimes they rescue the same people several times yeah. for not being yeah. prepared, for not being trained for hikes and things. Well, so, if, I, if, if yeah. I could add something, I, I was noticing all of these very cruel memes and a lot of yeah. terrible comments. And so I posted something and I said, lots of posts basically saying, because he's rich, it's okay to make jokes about dying at the bottom of the ocean. Really? And I had a lot of response from people saying kind of, yeah, that's terrible. And plenty of people kept bringing up money. And, you know, but, but wait, hold on. But, but the, the idea there is that we are in a time right now where there's billionaires are being revealed as being a idiots. Musk is an idiot. You know, all these people are, are you know, they're they're MAGA people. They are on the wrong side of history. They are not likable people. And the fact that we are giving billionaires all this, you know, we're giving them all the power and we're giving them all... That is a given. My, my no, 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 point really was... Is that the billionaires right now are not likable people. And when I something got bad happens to a billionaire, it's not it's not up to us. Yeah, that's to true. Like you crash yeah. your, you know, you crash your Toyota. Oh, it's terrible. You crash your Bentley. Oh, you know, you're an idiot. I yeah. was just saying, is it okay to make fun of someone's death just because they're rich? This person... I said this once. I said this once in the show and I'll say it again. I hope the moment I'm dead, everybody makes rude jokes. Like people are so fucking we precious. Will, Tom. We will talk. You know, tragedy. If you're in the family, okay. If whatever, but like I don't know how to mourn the death of millionaires who signed off and took this adventure. Everything has a risk. When I leave the house in the morning, it's a risk. When I drive on the freeway, it's a risk. Absolutely. It's like I'm not. A, they're not yeah. victims. The, the fact, the fact, like I said, the fact is we are learning more and more that all of these billionaires, the barons and the, uh, you know, Trump, with the fact that we let a billionaire become president of the United States just because he's a right. billionaire reality show host. We let yeah, well, how do we, you know, we, we just need to, we need to move on. Twitter. We need to move on. But I do, you know, you, you know, you know who's paying for all those rescue bills? U.S. taxpayers. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I just think it's weird to make it about money. It just seemed like a horrible tragedy. And people were equating it with refugees dying at sea. And you're like, but it's all sad. It's 700 sad. refugees just died and they aren't getting they aren't getting one one hundredth of the attention right. that five billionaires are. It's, and it's, that where is where is where is the justice there? I, 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 we, I, I'm, I'm just so, saying why are we obsessed with these billionaires when we should be obsessed with with the with the refugees who are on the, the sinking ship? I, I I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying I don't think it's I, I don't think it's you know very 
very nice to make fun of people's deaths. You've never been on Twitter because there is nothing nice about Twitter. And if you go on Twitter, you deserve to see whatever you see. I I agree. It's a bad neighborhood. Let's move on quickly to number two. Number two. Well, number two is very happy. I will bring the mood up. Um, It is, um, I'm going to, you know, celebrate my own 10th anniversary on the WOW Report. Congratulations, Um, my dear. Tom has me beat 17 years. uh, uh, James is probably at the same. And, you know, Fenton and Randy going on 30 plus, you know. Um, I I did just want to say, too, that before you go on, that you've been on the WOW Report for 10 years. Um, uh, The WOW Report itself has been around for 20 years um, in 2024. It started in 2004 with Stephen Sabin. February two thousand and four, so it oh, will be Stephen twenty years. So it's a, wow. it's a we we are we are part of legend. You are a part of the legend. It's I I'm I'm honored, and at this point, I I sort of lost count at ten thousand posts. No. Um, I'm a, I'm an artist. I'm a visual artist. I used to be an art director for magazines, and when I first started writing for the Wow Report, it really um it's now allowed me to be a writer because if I have to write something now, I can do it. I don't hesitate. I found my voice. I'm not a great writer. I need a copy editor. Um, But in terms of pop culture, like the WOW Report has just been great. Um, I know Fenton and Randy, as you guys have known, uh, for a really long time. We were in the East Village. We lived around the corner from each other. I designed the Pop Charts logo that you see now on Money, Success, Fame, Glamour. Um, I did the 20th anniversary book. Um, for the WOW report. And the one thing I will say is I I sort of started thinking about what you were saying about Queen of the Universe and Drag Race Mexico and, you know, the awards, Critics' Choice Awards that All-Stars 8 just won and the the BAMF Award that um, Fenton and Randy just got. I'm proud of all of those things. I'm proud of my friends. Um, Not that I had anything to do with it, but you guys have... You're part of this sort of legacy, and the I will say the LGBTQ community really sort of you know owes a debt of gratitude to Fenton and Randy and World of Wonder for you know it, it became in, it was started as entertainment, but it really is kind of a cause at this point. So you know when you lose something like Queen of the Universe, you you know you sort of feel that you're like oh you know that that was great. It's sad to lose that. We still got plenty of drag races all around the world, but. Um, you know, it's it's global now. It's it, and it's bigger than anybody. It, then Fenton and Randy recognize that as yeah. well. So just to be a small part of it is well, you're 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 a, you're a big part. I just I just the, the notion that um, World of Wonder, as you guys know, because you've been part, they've been making queer content before it was your LGBTQ plus program before there was LGBTQ plus, and it, with all of those advancements, things have been one season, two seasons. Didn't have, you know, like, and that's chipped away at the rock. So I, like I said, even the queen of the universe being on for two seasons is a, is a win, but I'm sorry, James, what are you going to say? No, I was just going to say that going back to the writing for the wow report and how, you know, you, you are a writer now <clears throat> and like, you don't has you found your voice and everything like that. I remember my first day writing for the uh, world of one for the wow report and no, and, and during those days, you had to have nine posts a day. That that was the, the the thing you had to do. And I remember driving to work with tears in my eyes saying, how on earth am I going to do nine freaking posts a day? Like, I, just the idea just was overwhelming. And then after about six months, it was like, 
you don't even think about it. You just go, you, 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 you've got it. You know it, you know, you know what you're doing. You can do It's like, it's, it's interesting. The muscle that it works in your head. That yeah. You, you, yeah. You and you also, you rely on a lot of other people. I wanted to do a quick shout out to Ruben Natal San Miguel, who shot a lot for the wow report. And this month he is shooting every uh, borough of uh, New York city for pride uh, so far, he's done Staten Island, uh, Queens, um, I'm forgetting Brooklyn, and the Bronx. And coming this weekend is Manhattan. Um, so, and I also wanted to do a quick shout out to my brother, who Tad Spiegel, who he, he sends me a lot of ideas for the Wow Report, um, which you know make it on, and I end up you know researching and stuff. But he's he definitely, maybe it runs in the Spiegel family. He has, he can spot pop culture. Awesome. Well, we've, we've got to move on. Happy anniversary. Thank you for joining us this week. Where The show's not over, but I just want to take a moment to appreciate you because it do take a village, people. Thank you very much. Um, we are uh, taking a break. When we come back, we will reveal the number one thing this week that made us go, wow. wow. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. We are back. It's the Wow Report this week with Tom Campbell, Jane St. James, and Trey Spiegel. Fenton Bailey, hurry back. They'll be here next week. Um, we, we're at number one. What's the number one thing that made us go wow, Trey? Number one. I wanted to just ask you guys what you think the best um, LGBTQ queer movie is your favorite maybe not the best your favorite this is our pride episode here we are nearing the end of the pride month so let's give it up to the lgbtq movies that we love more than anything else on the planet i just want to say very quickly i can name right off the top of my head it's my own private idaho changed my world uh morris changed my world with rupert graves oh my god young hugh grant um Brokeback Mountain, I I will argue to the death with, with Fenton over this one. Fenton hates it. Um, <laughs> Carol, Kate Blanchett, is just one of the best of all time. Um, Boys Don't Cry. Is, is, but I want to say my number one favorite movie of all time is not gay, but it's bisexual. And I want to just give you a moment in time. I went to go see Ichimamo Tambien the weekend that it opened, okay? And it was a packed theater, and nobody really knew what the movie was when we were watching it, okay? No, the, the, the reviews hadn't really come out or anything. And there's the moment at the end where Diego Luna and Gail Garcia Bernal are having a threesome with the woman, and they push the woman out of the way, and they go at it each other. They start making out with each other, and they start having sex. And the audience leapt to its feet, screaming and shouting and applauded and cheered in a way that I have never seen in a movie. The applause went on for the entire sex scene. I have chills. Just you were in New York that. city or West Hollywood. It was in, it was in, it was in LA. It was um, <laughs> down in Santa Monica. And when wow. I say that it was hundreds of people leaping to their feet because nobody was expecting it. And all of a sudden these two hot guys just pushed the woman out of the way and start going in on each other. And it was one of my favorite LGBTQ moments in, in movie history. It's incredible. Trey, what is, what's your favorite? Well, um, I think, um, all of those are great. All of those are really great. For for me, I think for a Hollywood movie, To Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, sure. is hard to top with Patrick Swayze, Wesley Rachel Snipes. Rachel Tension. 
Yes, Stockard Channing, Blythe Danner, Leguizamo, um, RuPaul. Hello, RuPaul makes an appearance as well as Julie Newmar. Um, it kind of has it all. It's a great story still. I think it holds up. I saw it again not that long ago. It's a really good story. It's very heartfelt. Um, and those three do pretty good, believable drag. I mean, it doesn't... Well, now, Patrick Swayze, I think... I love his all... drag in that. I love his drag in that. Um, I will uh, wrap things up with this, because this wraps up our whole from 10 to 1, which is last night when I heard Turner Classic Movies was going maybe going away. I got home very late. I took off my clothes. I'm down under my T-shirt. I get into bed. I turn on Turner Classic Movies, and the celluloid closet is playing it's so incredible that you're saying that that was my next thing that i was gonna say well because i want to see a great movie made in 95 by rob epstein and seeing a young suzanne sarandon you know people and harvey fierstein sort of spoon feeding people why our stories are important and seeing scenes from um philadelphia and scenes from mrs doubtfire just just it, I was I was weeping well, to begin back with to like William Haynes and I mean going Absolutely. back to the very beginning of, of cinema yes. and the gay presence in cinema. Yeah. Made by Vito Russo. It started out as a book in 1981. Um Lily Tomlin narrates it. Yes. Um it's just full of queerness and queer allies. This I just saw it like the last half hour or something this time. But listeners, I, I, I if you haven't if you haven't seen it, listeners, go look up. Um, yes, it's, closet. Now, it's from 95 cellulite closet yes. unfortunately we are out of time but we mentioned a lot of queer movies so thank you guys what a pleasure it has been i know i started cranky but i'm leaving happy that's what this is it's like a good therapy session i really appreciate it um thank you trey thank you james thank you blake 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 blake, blake wherever you are and uh and and uh fenton we missed you and we look forward to seeing you next week right here on the Wow Report on Radio Andy. Until the next time, go out and do something that makes the world go. Wow. wow. Hey.